listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Hey, hey, Jessica O'Reilly here, your friendly neighborhood sexologist. And today we are going to be talking about sex and cannabis. Now, I've been reading some research about the effects of cannabis on sex. And overall, I'm finding that there is a positive effect on arousal and pleasure. So I looked at this huge, large-scale study of over 28,000 women and 23,000 men across the United States. And they overall concluded that cannabis is positively correlated with greater sexual frequency. And across all demographic groups, those who use cannabis report having sex 20% more often than non-users. Now, this large-scale study also looked at whether there was a connection between cannabis and sexual dysfunction, and they concluded that they could find no connection. And then I also looked at another study specifically to women, and what they found was that 68% of women who use cannabis report having more pleasurable sex. And of those, 62% reported that it enhanced both their libidos and the quality of their orgasms. So I don't know enough about this. So I've invited a special guest, Ashley Manta, sex and relationship coach and creator of Canasexual to join us. Hi there, Ashley. Hi, Dr. Jess. How are you? Amazing. Thank you for being here. Now, you and I met, I think we met for the first time in Phoenix many years ago. Yes, it was Phoenix. Good memory. And, you know, people always ask me, well, how did you end up becoming a sexologist? But your work, Ashley, is even more specialized. So Brandon and I, Brandon's here as well, we're just wondering, how did you end up finding or creating this specialty in cannabis and sex? Thank you for asking. It has been a journey. I started in my sex education career right out of college back in 2008 as a uh, sexual and um, relationship violence prevention coordinator and doing sexual assault prevention education in high schools and colleges and victim advocacy. And it was really amazing, powerful work. I learned so much about trauma and how to support survivors. And um, it was just an incredible experience to have. And I burned out as folks in direct service positions tend to do um, because it's really draining work. And back then I had only marginally been exposed to cannabis. I didn't smoke uh, for the first time until I was 23 and in grad school. And so as I started to kind of dance around cannabis and, and explore it a little bit, I was like, oh, this helps. I'm kind of anxious most of the time and this seems to help a little bit. But it wasn't until later that I realized that there was a really profound connection between like cannabis and being able to provide myself with self-care. And at the time I was living in Pennsylvania, a prohibition state, there was no medical cannabis, no recreational cannabis. And I moved to California in 2013. And that was when I got to experience like going into a dispensary and buying flour, uh, the, the cannabis bud or what people generally think of as weed from someone who was selling it legally. And 
being able to have a high quality like that allowed me to really zoom in on effects and, and the experience. And I realized that no one was really talking about cannabis and sexuality from a sex educator perspective. You know, there are so many amazing sexuality professionals in the world in our community who are doing powerful work on a lot of different fronts, but I couldn't think of anyone who was talking about cannabis. And I, I thought, wow, this is something that's really helping me as a sexual assault survivor, feel sexual, help quiet the voices in my head, help me experience penetrative sex without pain. What if like, I could start talking about this and delving more into it and thinking about consent and, and how to navigate, and, navigate it in a really intentional way? And that's how this all happened. <laughs> awesome. So you're a, canisesh- you're a canisexual. Yeah, I have a question yeah. about that. So the, the title, uh, can- what is a canisexual exactly? So canisexual is a word that I made up because I was trying to encapsulate <laughs> okay. this thing that I was doing. And what I intended was that it was to describe anyone who mindfully and deliberately combines sex and cannabis to deepen intimacy and enhance pleasure, whether solo or partnered. I didn't intend for it to be like a sexual orientation. I thought of it more as like a, a philosophy, a, a framework, if you will. Oh, I, I love that. Now, I want to ask you, because you mentioned that you were able to buy from a dispensary legally in California. Yes. And so- we just had a big shift in, in our law up here in Canada to make cannabis perhaps more accessible. Do you think that legalization is important to, to you, to survivors, to other users? I think legalization is important. Um, we existed in a long, for a long time um, with cannabis being prohibited, and it was very much used as a tool to target um, and incarcerate people of color, especially, um, and people who were you know, on the fringes of, of political ideologies. And so I think legalization is super important um, from a social justice perspective, as well as from an accessibility perspective. You know, cancer patients maybe who can't leave their houses to go to a dispensary, like need to be able to have medicine delivered and not have it have to be this like back alley deal to be able to get something that's like really profoundly helping them and, and increasing their quality of life. And so I think legalization is the key to accessibility and that's really important. All right. That, that makes sense to me um, personally and as a Canadian. Now, um, I'd like to understand cannabis a bit more before we understand the relationship between cannabis and sex. So there are so many terms. Can, can you help me out to differentiate between, for example, THC and CBD and hemp and that kind of language? Because as it gets tossed around, like we hear about THC oil, we hear about CBD oil for sex, but I don't really understand the difference. So could you help us to delineate what each of those really means and entails? Absolutely, I can. So THC and CBD are both compounds known as cannabinoids. Um, They are found in the plant um, and our bodies actually have something called an endocannabinoid system. We have an endogenous cannabinoid system in which um, we have receptors that interact with things like THC and CBD. They actually fit together um, in a really neat way. And so there are other plants in the world that have cannabinoids in them. Uh, Cannabis just happens to be one that has quite high percentage of cannabinoids and concentration of cannabinoids in it. And THC uh, stands for tetrahydro cannabinol, um, and it's actually delta-9 THC is the one that everyone talks about. That's the thing that gets you high. Um, When you 
hear people smoking joints and like getting kind of spacey and and the eyes red and the munchies like that's all thc and cbd conversely um, stands for uh, cannabidiol and that is a non high inducing cannabinoid so you don't get high from just cbd you might feel relaxed you might feel calm you might feel pain relief um so I hesitate to say that there are, there are no psychoactive effects because anytime you're having a brain shift, that's a psychoactive effect, but it's not the high that you would associate with getting stoned. And so that's, those are the main differences between THC and CBD is that one gets you high and the other one doesn't. And in terms of ingesting them, you can ingest them orally, topically, um, transdermally. You can have like a patch. Uh, you can smoke, like inhale in some way. Those are all options. You can soak in a bath. Um, however, if you're not either inhaling or ingesting it, it really can't get you high, even THC. So if you rub THC oil on your skin, you're not going to get high from that. But you're going to benefit from some of the medicinal effects of? Precisely. Okay. Yes. Okay. So using it topically is a really great way to be able to enjoy the effects without impacting um, your presence of mind. I think when you, when, when I think about cannabis and THC, you immediately go to, you're going to use it. You're going to get high. You're going to feel the effects. And I'm sure that it, a part of it has to do with how much you're consuming because I have friends, <laughs> I say I have friends. I was speaking with a gentleman yesterday who was kind of explaining THC and CBD to me and had mentioned that edibles uh, and some of the oils that you can use, you can derive some of the medicinal effects and not worry about getting that same um, kind of, like you said, glossy-eyed, buzzed feeling. So would you say that using cannabis and or incorporating the two together, is that really where you derive most of the benefits is? Like, how so would you derive the benefits from using cannabis with sex? So there are a lot of ways to derive benefits of, of cannabis and sex. Um, on, it depends on what you're going for. To your kind of earlier point about dosage, dosage is so important. Um, and I'm so glad that you mentioned it because THC has something called a biphasic effect, meaning that it has opposite effects at high and low doses. So if at low doses you feel euphoric, giggly, you know, relaxed, all of those kinds of yummy things. At high doses, you can feel paranoid, anxious, rapid heartbeat, nauseous, unpleasant. And that threshold is different for everyone. So it's really important to know your dose and know your limits and to really start out with the smallest amount possible. Because microdosing is, is becoming more popular in the cannabis industry. Um, really low doses, like if you're going to do an edible, like one milligram, two milligrams tops, like just a teeny little bit. And if you're going to have a, a joint, like one puff, that's it. Don't smoke a whole joint like that. You don't have to get obliterated to enjoy the effects and to feel the benefits. And so how that applies to sex is that like the first thing I want people to do is to get out of the mindset that you have to be stoned if you're mixing cannabis and sex, because you don't, you absolutely do not. 
Um, and in fact, when it comes to consent, I encourage people to be sober and negotiate before they medicate so that they already have a plan of like what's on the table and what they want to co-create together sexually before they add anything that could um, impact their judgment or uh, inhibitions. Oh, that's, that's a really good point. So I always have this fear that if I were to use um, a lube, for example, a topical, that my vagina would get hungry because <laughs> I get really hungry. I, it, when I used to smoke, I remember it would get me really, really hungry. And I think you mentioned that people have this misconception that you need to be stoned, that you need to be high. And I think that comes from many of our early experiences sure. with cannabis, which was you know smoking it in high school or smoking it in university or college, where you do get high and you do start laughing and you do get hungry for craft dinner and <laughs> all the food groups. Like I, I would want craft dinner, potato chips, something chocolatey and something gummy. Yeah, <laughs> me too. It's like the holy trinity quad. It's it's all the food groups, right? Exactly. So so where do you even begin? So this is brand new to me. This is probably brand new to you, to many of you out there. How do you know what to take? How much to take? Where do you suggest that the that the new people begin? Absolutely, that's a great question because most people are new, and especially with legalization now coming to Canada, like this could be some one having access to these medicines for the first time in their lives. So with all things, I really, really encourage starting so slow, so small in, in amounts. And I really suggest starting with non-psychoactive things like topicals because it allows you to kind of dip a toe in the cannabis pool without like falling into the nine foot deep end. Like I, I want people to ease in and have really good results and, and to develop a, a pattern of success with using cannabis as opposed to like going balls to the wall the first time, getting completely obliterated and feeling horrible and being like, well, you know what? I don't ever want to do that again. Like I would love to see people start with just infused massages, super easy, very low key. Um, one partner might offer to massage the other partner and then they can either take turns or maybe one partner's just in receiving for the night and the next night the other partner takes their turn, you know, however you want to arrange it. But light some candles, like create a beautiful space in which to to connect with each other and just lie have one partner lie down on the bed and, and give them a massage with THC or THC and C B D infused massage oil. And how just, would that feel different than a regular massage? Great question. So THC and CBD are both anti-inflammatory. Um, THC helps reduce painful sensations and CBD is really great for, um, for just helping the muscles feel less pain also. And then THC is a vasodilator. So it's going to expand the capillaries and bring more blood flow to the area. So you're going to feel kind of a a little bit of a flush after a while that there's, you know, just warmth and, and more circulation coming through the muscles, which tends to make for a more healing massage. Were you saying earlier though, with some of these topical and transdermal um, cannabis products that you don't feel the high, like you don't, you, you wouldn't feel much other than perhaps some pain relief in your muscles and increased blood flow. Is that correct? 
For topicals, correct. Um, for transdermals, you can feel a little bit high because whatever they do to help the medicine cross the skin barrier is enough to like get it into the bloodstream to the point that it might cause. I found transdermals to be like a very mellow but somewhat perceptible high when I use them. And would it be fair, based on the descriptions you've provided, um, mm-hmm. Would it be fair to say that you might feel heightened sensations? So you might feel greater sensitivity. You might feel like your skin is more reactive to temperature or touch or pressure or rhythm. Yes, I would absolutely say that, especially um, when it comes to applying topicals to the vulva. So because that's a mucosal membrane, it is going to be more permeable than you know the skin on your arm, let's say, or your shoulder. So you're going to notice even more profound feelings of the vasodilation, feelings of heightened sensation, decreased pain. Most folks I've spoken to, as well as my own experience, is like unbelievably increased pleasure and uh, ease of orgasmic potential. Oh, okay. And, and so that makes sense to me, the way you're describing the science of that. What about the increase in libido? Um, my you know, hypothesis would be that if you're using something that reduces anxiety and calms your nerves, that might help to you know, ease performance pressure or other factors that interfere with libido. But do you, want, do you have any information on why your libido might be higher or your interest in sex higher if you are a user of cannabis? So it's a great question. We don't know for sure from a science perspective. Um, I have a similar hypothesis to yours, which is that I think rather than cannabis being a thing that increases libido, and I'm kind of putting that in quotes, I would say that it's something that helps take care or address the things that are getting in the way of having sexual interest and arousal and desire. So if you're stressed out, right? Like if you're anxious, like those are the things that keep you from connecting and keep you from feeling embodied. And if you can turn those voices off or if you can kind of lower your heart rate a little bit and feel more um, in your skin, that can make you more um, open to sexual experiences. That's what I think is going on if I had to guess. That makes sense. So it's taking away the blocks or the inhibitors to your natural interest in sex. Uh, Now, I've got to ask you about these sex and weed parties, sex and cannabis (laughs) pleasure parties. Do you host these? Have you intended? Can you tell us all about them? Absolutely, I can. I have hosted them in the past and I plan to host them again in the future. And I host play parties generally. I have for several years now, and that's when adults come together. It's it's not like a swinger party because it's not heteronormative. It's very much you can come as a single or a couple, all genders. It's it's all welcome, queer, kink, all of those things are all totally fine. And you don't have to stay in a couple. You can interact. You know, you can be in a puppy pile or you can not play with anyone the whole night, and that's totally fine. And so it's really a consent workshop disguised as a sex party (laughs) because we spend about an hour and a half going through rules about asking and getting verbal yeses before touching and how to negotiate and how to set boundaries and honor no's and all those kinds of things. Like all the things that I wish the average human had access to generally. You've you've got to tell me about a puppy pile. (laughs) 
So he likes out. sex, but he really loves puppies. So I think <laughs> okay, we should. I think not it's going to be a letdown. Puppies. It's going to be a yeah, letdown. No, no, no. I, so I really hope it's not involving any dogs. But please just <laughs> tell not. me what a puppy pile is. Uh, a puppy pile would be like if uh, three to seven people were all lying in a big pile, like of bodies, kind of on top of each other. Sounds cool. <laughs> right? It's, it's neat. Especially if you're on the bottom and you like that. Like, you've got all this weight on yeah, top of you. you have to like being on the bottom because if you end up on the bottom, you might really not like it. Where but you have the opportunity to use your voice and ask for something different. True. true. <laughs> Where can people find information about these type of events, like sex and weed parties or the pleasure, cannabis pleasure parties? Where do you even begin to look for those? <laughs> I would reach out to me directly uh, because I found that it's easier to have them at people's homes as opposed to like renting a hotel room or some kind of venue space. I find that, you know, if you have a large basement or a big living room, you know, it's, it's better to do it in a private home where it's, it's easier to, to keep it secure and make sure that the only people there are the people that are supposed to be there and that kind of thing. Um, and when it comes to cannabis, because I'm very mindful of consent. And we spend a lot of time talking about if you're going to consume cannabis, please know your limits. If you're not sure if this is new to you, if you're, if you feel like you might be a little bit out of your depth, like here are some non-psychoactive ways that you can enjoy cannabis. You don't have to get high. We encourage you not to, if you don't really know what you're doing. Now, if you're a seasoned person who like smokes a joint as they're driving down the highway, not that I recommend that, uh, but like that you just do it all the time and you're fine. Cool. Do your thing. Like no one's going to be your babysitter, but like we've strongly encouraged folks to, to err on the side of less is more. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious about these, these cannabis and, and sex parties. <laughs> so I, let's just say I come to one for the first time. What should I expect? Because I know, you know, you're going to have people who are all into puppy piles and you know <laughs> down to, but what does it really entail? Like walk me through, I arrive and of course it's catered to the group that's there, but what might sure. I experience, what might I be consuming or using to enhance the experience? And what should I wear? You know, yeah, what I mean, should like, you wear? You know, Great questions. Okay, so you come to a party, you will have already um, bought your ticket, and and so you're not paying for sex. You're paying for you know the time in the space. To be clear, uh, there's no guarantees by buying a ticket that you're going to get laid. And that's important. So it's really important. Like I want people to know up front that like there, no one's under any obligations to do anything. We could sit there the whole night and like hold hands and sing songs, and I don't care. Like and it, eat it doesn't have to, and eat gummies. It's totally fine. And <laughs> if people want to explore sexually, they can. So you walk in the door, you take off your shoes. Um, you're wearing whatever really makes you comfortable. If you want to wear something sexy, like I encourage people to come street legal, like don't come in pasties and a G string, like walking down the street, that probably would raise some suspicion. Um, <laughs> but whatever people want to wear, and sometimes people will change into like lingerie or just some like cute outfit that they like. And then they kind of mill about like letting people get there and arrive and, and sort of settle in. And then at a certain time, the doors will lock and no one is allowed to come past that point. You can leave at any time, but the, the arrivals stop at a specific point because we're setting a container at that point. And so I sit everyone down in a circle and we go through the rules of which there are 12. And the first rule is you never have to play at a play party ever. So beyond that, like the fact that you're here, if you just want to come sit through the welcome circle and skedaddle, no one's going to judge you. It is an entirely permissive, consent-focused 
space for adults to explore giving and receiving requests, giving and receiving no's and where their boundaries are and like what's fun for them sexually. And if they just want to sit there and watch everybody, totally fine. And that's specific to your parties. I mean, the reality is there will be people out there who host events that are not as um, attuned to the nuances and the importance of consent. Because we often see this in the BDSM community. Mm-hmm. We'll say, no, BDSM is all about consent and people are always going to check in with you. And no, that's best practices. That's most people, but there always will be exceptions. So within any community, there will be people who do things in a way that is respectful and supportive. And then there will always be people who are, are not so great because beyond, wherever you are in the world, they're just human. That's real. And I've had my own consent violated at my own party. So like that happens, you know, you, people are going to be human and people are going to make mistakes. And some people who are more malicious are going to push boundaries, whether you set a clear container or not. And so at that point for any facilitator, uh, which is why like, if anyone's going to be hosting sex parties, I would encourage them to mentor with people who do it already so that they have an idea of best practices. Cause I think it's really dangerous for someone to just like throw out a shingle and be like, Hey, everybody come like bone at my house. Right. Um, I think that's, that's concerning. And so one of the things that it's important for facilitators to have in place is, okay, there's a consent violation. Now what? How right. do you handle that? How, what's, what's the accountability process? Like, how do we center the, the, victims needs how do we center you know their their safety and and how do we have conversations about accountability with the person who crossed the boundary and like all of that kind of stuff like has to and, be yeah and that that's where your background as a sex educator and with a background in, in assault comes in and you don't just want someone yeah. who's like hey i've got some really good weed or i bought this yes. bottle of cbd oil let's all pile on so i think mm-hmm. that's a, a really really important piece and i just want to emphasize that these consent violations are not a matter of cannabis. These consent violations no. are a matter of humans and culture. And so they can happy, yes. happen anywhere. They can happen at a regular techno nightclub. They can happen at a sex club and they can happen at one of, one of these parties as well. Absolutely. And that particular incident happened at a party where there was not cannabis present. So it, I'm, I'm glad you, well said, that's definitely the case. The cannabis isn't the issue. It's, it's humans. Humans are flawed humans. (laughs) Right. And I think that it's really important that you emphasize from the get-go that this isn't about getting high and making decisions. In fact, you can't, you're not going to be able to negotiate and consent Mm -hmm. if you are high. And that's why there are so many different ways to use cannabis without um, using it as a, as a psychoactive. Exactly. And And is it, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, Brandon. <laughs> I was going to say at these parties, because I'm still, still very curious. <laughs> parties, you talked about having a facilitator. Is that like the DD of the event, essentially the designated driver and that they, they are not participating and they're essentially looking out for the well-being of the other people there, that there are no consent violations or anybody stepping out of line? So there should always be a facilitator. Um, and I like to consider myself, and I was trained by Monique Darling, who's uh, one of my favorite colleagues. Um, we consider ourselves lifeguards on duty, right? It's if anybody has something come up or they have questions or they're feeling shame or they want to like celebrate something that they just had experienced, like we're here for that. And I modeled mine after Monique's, which is that she is she will play at her own play parties, and, and so do I, but with the caveat that we are entirely interruptible. 
And so even if like I am waist deep in somebody else, it's, you can come and tap me on the shoulder and interrupt me and that anyone who plays with me at my play party understands that I could be interrupted at any time and I would have to go to do my like job job. I love that. I love that. So this is all uh, new territory to us. Very (laughs) fascinating. I've learned a lot. If people want to learn more about cannabis and sex, where can they find you? You can find me on my website, canasexual.com, and that actually has a repository of all of the articles I've written on sex and cannabis, which at last count was somewhere around 150 in the last two and a half years. And so pretty much anything you want to know about sex and cannabis, you can find on my website. And Leafly is a great resource and Tokativity is a great resource. There are links to all of those kinds of resources also. Um, And you can find me on Instagram at canasexual. I love it. And so it sounds like if you have a question, Ashley has probably answered it on her website. You also have a course coming up that's in pre-sale right now. It is Handy Skills, the 10 Commandments of Hand Sex Masterclass. And we're going to share that link on our website as well so people can check that out. And you have a, a sale on until Cyber Monday, which includes a free touch by warm. And if you don't know what touch by warm is, it is an automatic lube warmer and dispenser. It's pretty fairly discreet, but it's got this kind of cool modern design and you just wave your hand under it and it dispenses some nice warm lube. So that's that's a pretty good deal. So you guys can check that out. It's at elevatedintimacy.com. And we'll put the link up so it's easier for you to find. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. I learned so much. I know Brandon did too. Yeah, I've got so many more questions about these play parties. But you know what? Amazing. Hit me up. The next episode. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm coming to San Diego in the new year. So maybe Brandon will come along and we can check out one of your parties. That would be excellent. I'd love to have you. Thank you again and have a great one. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you to Ashley and thank you to you for listening. I learned a whole bunch today and I'm a little curious now about some of those baths, the topicals, the oils, the massage potions. How about you, babe? I learned so much. Puppy parties. uh, Cannabis and sex now extends beyond the idea that I had before, which was a single person smoking a joint and having sex. With themselves? Whatever works for you, do it. Are you flashing back to your college years? The sex with myself? Absolutely, I am. (laughs) Folks, if you're into this, explore more. I encourage you to check out Ashley's resources. If you're not into it, that's cool. You do not have to do everything on the list to have a happy, fulfilling sex life. As long as you don't waste your energy yucking someone else's yum, it is all good. Thank you to you. Thank you to Desire Resorts, wherever you're at. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back at it next Friday with a whole new episode. Looking forward to it. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life. Improve your life.